What's going on, guys? What's up? Welcome back. So I've had a lot of friends and some other people come up to me recently, and they've all been asking me, what is the best holster? Is it T-Rex Arms? Is it Tier 1 Concealed? And then a few ones after that. Now, if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, if you have listened to past episodes, you know my thoughts on either one of those is a good one. Um, obviously I'm never going to steer you towards a nylon cloth leather over the counter, back of the wall, gun store holster, never going to do that. But what I do want to tell you guys is it doesn't matter which holster you get. The best holster that you can buy is going to be the one that you use. I, just like many of you and many other gun owners, is extremely guilty of buying obscene amounts of holsters that now just sit in a box and you keep them, but you know darn well you're never going to use those holsters again. Part of that is trial and error. There is a lot of uh, very persuasive advertising, especially on social media, that you will see that makes holsters look amazing. You're going to see this holster and it's so amazing. You don't even know when it's there. You can't even feel the gun. It's like nothing. It's like air and it's super cool and it makes you shoot faster and it makes you run faster and jump higher. And it's all nonsense. When you carry a gun, no matter which holster it is, you're going to know it's there. It's going to be uncomfortable. So you got to find what works best for you. For most people, for me and all of my friends, what works best is an appendix carry and not just a holster that just holds your gun. It's got to have the mag holder as well. That displaces some of the, uh, the comfort or discomfort rather. And it kind of spreads it over a larger area, making it more uncomfortable or sorry, more comfortable. Um, but it's something that you're going to have to get used to. It's not, it's never going to be amazing. It's never going to feel like you're not wearing a gun. You're always going to know when it's always going to be slightly uncomfortable, just like for you men out there, when you were young and you first started carrying a wallet, how many times did you look for the right wallet? How awkward was it? for the first time in your life to be sitting on this folded piece of leather with all this junk in it, especially if you were a kid and you had stupid things in your wallet that didn't belong there, but you're sitting on this thing that was all uncomfortable. And you know, sometimes you would carry it. Sometimes you'd forget it. Sometimes you put it in your front pocket and over time it became normal over time. If you don't have your wallet, now you feel naked. Something's missing. Something doesn't feel right. That's the point that you need to get to with carrying a gun. You need to fight through the awkwardness and not think about it in a way of, well, I could be more comfortable if I didn't have it. So you know what? I'm just not going to wear it today. You need to think about it the same way you think about your wallet. I have to have my wallet. I have to have my driver's license. I have to have my phone in my pocket. That's uncomfortable. I have to carry my house keys. I don't like doing that either. I got to do it. I have to carry 
my gun. And you do this until it feels like you're naked when you don't have it. You feel terrible when you don't have that gun on you. And then it just becomes part of your life. There's this big thing, this big push and popularity in EDC. And a lot of guys will take it way too far. They go into like, what's in a backpack? What's in the car? What's in my bug out bag? What's in the... That's not EDC. What EDC is, everyday carry, is literally just what's on your body. And a lot of us guys will, you know, we start to add all these things into that. And we're like, I'm going to carry a light and a multi-tool and a this and a that and a and a gun and two extra mags. And by the time you get done, now you have so much stuff and it's uncomfortable and you start shrinking it back down. You get down to a minimalist setup and then you start growing again. Just find something that's normal that's comfortable and works for you. I'm pretty minimal. I carry a phone, my keys because I have to, a wallet because I have to, a knife, and a gun. And that's it. I don't need to carry all the other fancy stuff, but I want to carry what I need, and a gun falls under that. It should be wallet, keys, phone, gun. It should be in that checklist. When you leave your house, you know, and you're doing the little pat around, don't always be patting your gun. That's a bad habit, but know that that is part of that checklist, making sure you have everything. Am I wearing a gun? I sure am. Another thing I want to talk about today is I want all of us, including myself, all of you guys listening and anybody that you share this episode with, I want us all to just be genuinely better people, nicer people. There is this mentality in the world today And it seems like it's an infection. It is infecting so many people that they view the world as the world is theirs and we just live in their world. I'm going to give you an example of that. Uh, This past week, I was down at a tattoo shop down in Phoenix, and it's a a very high-class shop. Like, they don't take walk-ins. They're booked a year and a half out. Um, great guys. It's it's upscale, right? You got to work to be able to get in there. I applied to get a appointment last January, and I finally just made it in there within a year. They don't even accept new clients. So I'm not saying any of this to brag like, oh, look at me. I went to the cool place. That's not at all what I'm saying. It's a tattoo shop. But what I'm saying is like, there's a barrier to entry with this shop, right? It means something to go to this shop. And while I was there, I was talking with one of the artists and he was telling me about, you know, how many people will back out last second or not show up or do all these crazy things that are just super inconsiderate. And literally while we're talking, he texts his appointment for the next day and says, Hey, you know, here's what's going to happen. You know, we need to do this, blah, 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 blah. And the person texts back finally and goes, yeah, I'm not coming. I don't feel like it. And this person now just ruined this guy's day for over a year. Now he has had this day set for this person. And now that income is gone. He spent all this time drawing this tattoo out for that person. And they didn't even have the courtesy to give him a heads up. They literally waited for him to reach out to them because 
the client thought that they are more important than the artist. Okay. I try so hard not to be that way. I don't want to be a burden on anyone's life. Anybody I deal with, I want to make their life easier. I don't want them to have to make their life harder to make mine easier. And there's this mentality of like, well, she's paying him. So she's the customer. She's always right. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. This guy has a business that he's trying to run. He has a family that he's trying to provide for. And you just took away his opportunity to make money for his family and himself by being an asshole. And that stuff drives me freaking nuts. And it may be something that a lot of us don't even realize we're doing something that affects somebody like that. We just think, so what? He'll find somebody to jump in. How many people do you know that are really able to just flip a switch and be there the next day and get something like that and, and be able to slide into that spot? It's pretty tough. You know, was he able to make it? I'm sure. I'm sure. But it's still this added stress that doesn't need to be there. And people are so inconsiderate, it drives me nuts. I know I'm saying that a lot, but guys, we got to be better, right? Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was just at Disneyland. Now, when I go to somewhere like this, you know, a big crowded place, um, lots of lines, things like that, big cities, I know what to expect. I know to expect rude people, people bumping in you, people that have no respect for personal space, which drives me nuts. One of my biggest ticks is when I'm at a grocery store standing in line to check out and the person behind you literally has to be touching you where they like press their body into you or press their cart into you. Like as if that's going to make the cashier check you out faster or the person in front of you that, Oh my God, that drives me nuts. But anyway, we go to Disneyland. I have a certain expectation that stuff happening, but as we walked around for three days, I watched these people and it was very clear the people who were present in the moment and acknowledging other humans existence and, you know, moving out of people's way, or if they bumped in you saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Excuse me. It was rare. I could pick these people out of a group, you know, pretty easily because everybody else was there in their world. You exist in their world and you're a nuisance. People, you know, me and my wife are walking, holding hands, walking shoulder to shoulder, really tight. And, there's this big open lane and somebody will literally move to go right in between us and doesn't say, sorry, acts like we don't even exist. Like we're a ghost doesn't even see us. And this happened a bunch of times as a society, we got to start reeling this back. I don't know how you deal with the people in the moment that are doing it. You know, I've had the thought of Maybe you can change that type of person. Maybe it takes somebody yelling at them. Maybe it takes them being scared. Maybe something that you can stick in their head that'll make them realize like maybe next time they do it, they won't. I don't think that's the answer. The way we do it is by talking about it, by teaching it to our kids. What you guys teach to your kids, they will teach to their kids. Okay. What you teach to your kids and you teach them to be good people, maybe that'll spread into their friends. If you are a good person, maybe they'll spread into their friends. We have to fight fire with fire. There's an infection of bad, rude, ignorant, self-absorbed people. So we have to create our own infection 
of good, nice, considerate people to fight back against that. Does that make sense? We got to be a virus of good. We got to infect each other with good. I know that sounds corny as can be, but it's going to work. So that's what I'm doing. I want to share that, you know, on a show like this and try and just get you guys thinking, you know, whether you're driving somewhere or you're on a walk or whatever, wave to somebody, be nice to somebody, be considerate. You know, it's not your world. It's our world, right? Another thing that happened this past week is my wife wanted to go to a local bookstore. Now I, I enjoy going to bookstores or, you know, I don't know. There's something relaxing about them, but usually I'm going to, you know, one of the big brand names ones. And I expect a certain amount of woke culture being pushed on you. I expect a little bit of censorship happening. You know, um, if there's a Jordan Peterson book, that's really big, you know, it's number one. Well, it's not going to be front and center. It's going to be tucked around the side Um, if Matt best write a New York times bestseller, it's a military book. It's going to be tucked around the side, but you can bet that Prince Harry or whatever his freaking name is, is going to be front and center. Michelle Obama's biography about doing nothing other than marrying a president is going to be front and center. There's going to be all these stupid books that they are going to push that are outsold by other ones because they fit their narrative. I expect that, right? Well, What I didn't expect is local small town bookstores to be wildly more infected with this woke culture than the big ones. So we go to this local bookstore and before we even walk in, I tell my wife, like I am determined to find one good book, whether that be a, um, a good political book. Um, a good war history book, um, something with a good author, Jordan Peterson, a, a Jocko Willink book, a, you know, something that's good. I want to find a good book that's not some PC bullshit, right? Well, I failed. We walked around this shop. I looked through almost every book. You know, I'm not looking every single book that's turned sideways reading the spine, but I couldn't find a single one. And it's amazing that you even go to the children's section and you expect to find the classics that teach you things, you know, how to kill a mockingbird, um, Huck Finn, all these ones that we know that have been canceled, Dr. Seuss. Yet there's these books for little kids that are teaching them that like, Hey, your gender doesn't matter. You could be anything you want. You could be a girl today and a boy tomorrow and a zebra the next day. I'm not okay with that. If somebody does feel like there's something else. Okay. Let's address that. That's their right to do whatever they want and feel that way. But we as adults should never be allowed to preach to these kids in masses and put these ideas in their head before they even know any type of decision-making process at all. Kids are extremely malleable. If you go to a school right now, how many of the little boys there do you think think they're a velociraptor? 80% of them? And all you have to do is just ask them and they're going to pretend that they're a freaking velociraptor, right? So you start putting this idea in their head that maybe they're non-binary or they're this or they're that and, you know, the zebras fart rainbows, they're going to start to believe it. 
And that's why we're seeing these crazy trends like suicide going up and, and, um, you know, kids that are getting these transitions surgeries or taking hormones and having, you know, sometimes they work, but sometimes these kids are having horrible effects afterwards. It's not our job to preach those kids. It's each individual parent to deal with whatever situation is going on. Should we be accepting? Absolutely. I am pro freedom. Okay. I know this podcast may seem like you think you can put me in a little box and think, oh, he's anti this and anti that. Really, all I'm anti is anyone telling me what the fuck to do. And part of that is us telling kids how to think, telling kids what they should be, telling kids what they should believe. We should prevent, or sorry, not prevent. We should present good information, good data, teach the kids about math and science and history and the things that they actually need to learn and let them figure out the other stuff on their own. Now, I got sidetracked, I'm sorry, but... What I was going with with the bookstore is it's extremely important to read. It's extremely important, I think, to have physical book copies, not a Kindle, not on your phone, nothing like that, because you need something real. Um, Not for the end of the world or no doomsday stuff like that, but actual books are so valuable. And with this decline in censorship of books and how stupid that is building a library of the classics and building a library of actual good books and supporting authors that are putting out a real message and they're not writing this propaganda crap is going to be huge. And I would support you guys to start trying to build your own home library that your kids someday can read and your friends can read and, and you can read and, you know, become more intelligent and, more well-spoken on certain subjects, these books do matter. And there's a lot of messages you can get online, like this podcast, other podcasts, audiobooks. That's all fine and great. But I am only talking to you guys for 15, 20 minutes. Think about how long you'll be invested in a book by somebody who spent years researching said topic and then presenting it to you. That's way more valuable than one 15 minute podcast. Now my benefit is they do one book every five years. I do a podcast every week. So I'm giving you guys a lot of content as well, but you guys need to be reading those books. And I I'm using my, my podcast as an example. That's probably a bad one. You know, there's a lot of other amazing podcasts where you actually may learn something. Um, rather than mine where you can just listen to me complain about you not owning a Glock still. So, you know, the sooner you go and buy Glock, the sooner I'll stop complaining about it. But um, yeah, build a library, start reading more, set your kids up for success, and let's be a better society. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to go on iTunes, Spotify, rate the show a five-star. Leave me a little review on iTunes. Send this episode to a friend, okay? Let's build a better society and a group of people. Send this off. Let's grow it. I'll see you guys next week. Later.